I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast.
Welcome to the Productivities Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and with me today is Julie Sharon Osher. She was a captain in the Army. Um, she was not in the Army when I met her. She was a captain, and she just had no choice as to how to adopt time management. We go into that during this episode. And one of the cool things about chatting with her is that every, it, it, it occurred to me that everyone's path to time management, to productivity is different. Mine led me down the path of Costco and then into comedy and now to where I'm at. Hers was through the military. So it's a fascinating story. We talk about a lot of cool things, including you know her own system, her own approach, what she teaches people. And uh, I'm hoping you're going to learn quite a bit from her today. If you want to learn more from her, uh, I'll share with you some ways that you can do that, as well as a slew of other things you can get. Uh, We'll talk about that at the tail end of this episode. But for now, let's get to this discussion I had with Julie Sharon Osher of I'mJulie.com, Productivity Specialist, here on the Productivityist Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Vardy here, and I am with Julie Sharon Osher here. Uh, and Julie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's it's the afternoon for you there, right? Where you are right now, correct? Yeah, correct. It's yeah. late afternoon. Yeah, see, so me, I'm up early. This is This is one of the things that I both love about the internet is that you can reach out to people across the miles because you're in Israel right now. Yeah. Um, and for me, but for me, it's like 7.15 in the morning. And you all know how I feel about mornings, so 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 it's uh, it's it's with mixed emotion. <laughs> I do appreciate it. <laughs> so, Julie, why don't you tell a little bit of uh, about yourself to uh, to the listeners before we dive in? Sure. So, I'm Julie, and as you mentioned, I live in Israel. I am in the productivity niche as well. Um, And I started this journey about six years ago when actually an accident happened and I broke my back. I used to be a captain in the Israeli Defense Forces. I used to work a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot lot of hours, like 16 to 18 every day. And one day I just bent over to pick up a watermelon and I just couldn't raise up again. Um, So I found myself with a herniated disc. I got through a very long meticulous and very painful rehabilitation and at the end of which my doctor announced that I need to start working four hours a day. I had no idea how to do that so I started learning everything I could about productivity and nothing worked. Probably because both you and I know Mike that you can't just take something that works for someone else and copy paste it into your life. You need to actually (laughs) find what works for you. And I I kind of failed on this point, Uh, but I decided that it just cannot be done. So I quit working four hours a day. I worked nine hours a day. And guess what? Two months later, two more herniated discs. Um, This already put me in a very dangerous medical situation. And my doctor told me that I cannot work more than four hours a day unless I want to celebrate my 30th birthday in a wheelchair, which I did not want. No, (laughs) of of course not. Of course not. I was 26. I was like life in front of me. I really couldn't imagine myself doing that. And having these accidents really, really brought real flashes into my life of what it is to be handicapped because I really needed help with like getting to the shower and going to the bathroom, things that you really don't think much of when you do them daily. And suddenly they were a problem. Um, So I decided that my health comes first. And I came to my officers and told them, look, this is the situation. I can't work more than four hours a day. I am not going to end up in a wheelchair. I can't do this job. I was doing two jobs at the time. I was responsible for life or death 
uh, systems, big systems, really important ones. Uh, I knew I couldn't do it in four hours, so I asked them for a transfer because you can't just quit when you're in the army. Mm. Um, and they didn't grant it. They said that they actually loved what I was doing while I was working 18 hours and nine hours, and they don't mind me working four hours as long as everything got done. Wow. So that was your new that was your new mandate. That was your new mission is to get that yeah. down to four hours. Yeah, and I was like, well, I don't know how to do this in four hours. And things crumbled apart, like things, really important things, things that matter, life mm. or death for soldiers on the border, things that are really, really important that are above my own, you know, well-being. And I came back to them and I said, well, I can't do this. Can you, can you move me to someplace? Yes, I will train anyone who you like, but this job cannot be done in four hours. And they said that they don't have anyone else. They don't want to spend the time of training a newbie into this job. This was a very complicated job. And basically, the answer is no. So I went on a drastic side and said, okay, I want to break my contract. Mm. I will pay whatever fine you want. I will go to court. I will do whatever it is. I'm not staying here. I, I have two more years on my contract and I will not spend them feeling like a failure and failing my subordinates, my commanders and soldiers on the border, this, this will not happen. And I said, well, of course, this is your choice, but you need to know that the procedure of breaking a contract takes about 24 months. So <laughs> you can either, you know, uh, break it, stay for the two years of the procedure and pay a fine, or you can just stay for the 24 months that you have left on your contract and not pay a fine. Wow, they really had you over a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, at the moment when I when first it happened, I really felt that everyone were against me. But you know, with with age and perspective, you really un come to understand that they were doing the best thing that they could do for the army. Right, Be right. And the best thing was to keep the person that was holding everything together, aka myself, in place. Right. So I, I really can't blame anyone. I, I actually think that thanks to this conversation, this was a very critical moment in my past. This was when I gave up at all. Uh, I already established that I'm no good with time management because nothing worked, remember? Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I can't work more than four hours a day. I knew that I had to work at this job that cannot be done at four hours a day. So I just decided that everything is going to crapville anyways. So I'm just going to have fun with it. And I'm just going to decide every morning what is the one thing that I don't let fall between the cracks. Just one thing. Right. And it, can, and it could be really as small as a meeting or an email or as big as initiating a new project or uh, writing a new software. Right. And I stuck with it. And after two months, it came that everything that I had planned for that quarter was done. All the, big, all the big important things that you did that, that were that mattered, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, small things, small things, you know, bureaucracy and, and paperwork and stuff like that. They didn't get done and there were problems and I was, you know, getting slapped on the wrist. But the important stuff, the things that that matter, the life or death situation for the soldier, they were all done. And I started kind of realizing that it has it has to fit me. Uh, I'll cut the story because I think I'm already rambling, but. After two years, those two years that I had to stay there, not only they also told me that they will never promote me, obviously, because a person who works four hours a day cannot right. be, you know, put on a pedestal. Sure. Because this is not a behavior they, they want to encourage, obviously. Right. 
um, after two years, I got promoted thrice. I actually owned the jobs of every single person in the room that told me that I will never be promoted. Uh, we got awarded. We got decorated, our team and myself uh, in separate. And when it was my time to be released, they actually presented a new contract that stated that I have to be, I have to work physically in the office for one hour a day and that's it. And they were willing to do that because they had no idea how everything that got done got done was in, being done in four hours. Now, how? What did you yeah. do? Did you just still decide to pass, pass, like pass on it and, and move move away at that point? Right. I decided that uh, to be released anyways. A well, I must admit, I was getting bored. Right. Um, I I know that it sounds really ungrateful, but I I just wanted a bigger challenge. And during that time, uh, for the past year, I finished everything I had in like an hour and a half to two hours. And I had extra two hours, which I spent training other officers to how they can do the same thing in their teams with their subordinates and with their tasks. And I really loved it. And this is what I want to do. And this is what I have been doing ever since I got released. So you've taken now, now what's what stuff did you learn in the military per se? So the so I mean obviously through the through the accident that you had and, and the limitations that were placed upon you, what lessons did you learn within the military structure itself that you've kind of carried forward to pass on to others in terms of their own time management? Uh, you know, kind of enhancing that. First and foremost thing is planning each day separately. Each day is an entity, and if something was the most important thing yesterday, it doesn't mean that it's the most important thing today. Uh, this was a big one right. for me and for for most my subordinates, obviously. The second thing was that when you plan, you need to take into consideration everything, not just the thing that bug you at the back of your mind, the projects and the meetings and the obvious things that are your tasks, but everything that you're about to invest your time in. So it's kind of like with money, when you do budgeting and you plan, okay, I need to have this amount for rent and this amount for food and this amount for bills. And then you forget that every morning you go to Starbucks on your way to work and you spend a few dollars on a coffee. Right. And throughout the month, it accumulates. So this is exactly like that with time. Uh, you need to put everything on the map, even the smallest things, and then you need to prioritize them. So, so tell me a little bit about when you when you're teaching someone because you know me. I mean, we've talked a little bit about this. Um, is the idea that I'm very task focused, and I think that that interestingly enough, as I think that despite you you know saying you know you've got the podcast time hackers and you go to your blog which we'll we'll talk about um at the end of the show you've got a link for everybody which is great but um time and task are inextricably kind of related how do you kind of um i i imagine looking at what you've done is that you say say okay like let's focus on time because if you if you do that but but let's focus on on a way that gets your tasks done. So that way, like you said, you only had four hours per day to do the thing that you needed things you needed to do. So how, how do you connect those two? Because a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll just say, "I've got twenty four hours in the day, and I'm just going to try to do as much as possible in that time, and then I'm going to move forward in the next day." And they just keep going through the motions. Okay, this uh, I know a few people that it works for them. I'm not one of them. It never worked for me. Um, a, probably because I'm a control freak, I need to know 
that the things that I want to accomplish are scheduled and they have time on my schedule that they they actually have. It's like what a doesn't suitcase. get scheduled doesn't get done. Yeah, you know, it's not that it doesn't get done as much as it might not get done, and I'm not willing to risk it. Right, kind okay. of thing. Okay, uh, it's like packing a suitcase. I mean, you would never forget to pack your toothbrush, right? You would you would never want to forget to pack your toothbrush. Yeah, <laughs> that's a better phrasing. <laughs> but but if you don't want to forget to do that, what do you do? You just leave your whatever uh, little pack that you have it in open in your suitcase, and you don't close it until you put it in. Right. You or, need to have this space there. Right. Or you, what I do is I actually have a be- I have a separate toothbrush that just stays in there. So for done, travel. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So when we saw each other at podcast movement, like. What I'll do, and I guess this is, I mean, again, this is, it's interesting because some people don't have that capability. Maybe it's because they don't, you know, they haven't done and and been proactive about it. But I've traveled enough, as I'm sure you have, where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm tired of packing this thing consistently. Why don't I just have a separate bag that's already packed that has everything in it? So when I get home from travel, all I need to do is when I unpack is replenish it. So add maybe some more toothpaste. Maybe mm-hmm. I used, you know, and then put it back in there. And that way, when I start packing, I'm not thinking, oh, don't forget that toothbrush because I already know it's in there. So I guess there's two modes to or two ways to do that, right? Yeah, it's I think it depends on the task. This is exactly what I do with my social media and my email engagement. Yeah. I just have a time slot every single day at the same hour where I like my body is already trained like like Pavlov dogs. I know that when. 4 p.m. comes, okay, it's time for social media. That's it. Right, right. Every single day. Instead of planning it and, and planning to have it every single day and trying to cram it into my schedule. Yeah, same thing. Um, but really, when you said that, people say, okay, I have 24 hours and I'm going to try to cram as much as I can and go through the motions. The real thing is that you don't have 24 hours mm-hmm. and you don't realize that until, as I said, you put everything in front of you. So you need to sleep, right? Yeah, of course. And and not be, and a lot of people don't get enough of it. Yeah. Because you know why? Because show me one person that has sleep eight hours on their to-do list. No. Uh, you know what? There's only one person that I've ever seen schedule sleep, and it's Tony Robbins, and he doesn't schedule eight hours. I think he schedules five. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, but he schedules religiously as well. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. interesting because I don't... I think what I do, and this is this is kind of, I mean, is through the the theming that I do is that it gives me that flexibility to say, okay, today's a creative day. So I kind of, I do it by exclusion almost and yeah. inclusion. So instead of instead of saying from two to three, I'm going to do email. Um, I say, okay, well, I do check email a couple times, two to three times per day. But if I'm going to dive into a deep dive into email, you, I won't do that unless it's Monday or Thursday because those are my administrative days. So like you'll like that way within, you know, a 48 hour period of you emailing me, uh, if it's something that's, you know, I want to give a thoughtful response to, you're going to get a response. But so there are lots of different ways to do it. My, my biggest thought process behind this is, and I like what you do because I mean, when I don't like to be specific if I do schedule something and I do, I sometimes put things in the calendar that need to, if I'm working on a a book proposal or I want to spend some time on a specific project, I will make that appointment with myself because that's really what it is so that I can lock it down. But the, the, the thing is, is if I do schedule and when I recommend people who do need to do this, because not everybody has the freedom that I do necessarily, or even that you do at this point is 
be a bit more flexible. So when you say social media time at four o'clock or email or whatever time, I mean, you're not saying I have to deal with this particular email or I have to deal with this type of social media. You're giving yourself some freedom within that, within that, you know, kind of, I guess within the gray scale or, or the scale, I guess, within, within that little time frame, right? It's even more than that. I also have theming for my days. So I know that I have days that are podcasts. I have days that are writing, days that are projects, all sorts of days, meetings, whatever. Um, so this hour, for me, I can't not check my inbox. It's a disease, but I'm aware of it. And I know that it doesn't take me a long time to glance at my inbox, but I have a really strict rule. I cannot, unless it's archive, handle my emails throughout the day. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can just, you know, see it. I can't open it. I can't read what's inside. I can see just, you know, the title, who sent it to me in the first sentence or two, perhaps. That's it. So you scan but it. Then, yeah. And, I, and it keeps me, you know, keeps my OCD at bay. I know what's going on in my inbox. I know that nobody died. I know that everything is okay, but I am not spending time on it. So while I'm drinking my coffee or while I'm walking my dog, I can scan my inbox and that's it. When I get my hour of social media and emails, I don't dive right into those emails either. What I do, I look what project is this email in relation to. And I put it in the task list of the project and we and when my day comes that I deal with projects and I prioritize this project, I prioritize these tasks and I answer the email if it's prioritized for the day. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit every day for an hour and answer emails. That's a waste of my time, I think. Right. No, it, it, and I, I think the the – now, how do you deal with it though? And this is – I think someone will ask this is, is, okay, say somebody emails you about a project and it seems – I mean, and we all know that people treat email as an urgency mechanism as opposed to an important mechanism, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you deal with it if it's something related to a project and you know you're not going to work on that project for, you know, four days? How do you deal with responding? Because some people get really edgy about that, right? They're like, hey, where where are you? Like, I'm sure you've probably received emails, the initial email, and then like a day later, like, hey, I'm just following up. Like, how do you deal with that? If I get a most of my clients know that this is how I operate because this is kind of at the get go. You set, I explain ba- you to set them boundaries. How, yeah. yeah, yeah. Things things work in this way. I read everything. If you send something that is really urgent and needs my you know tending to, then I will respond immediately. But if it's just in relation to our day to day job, no worries. I'll answer it when it's you know up on the list. Uh, if I get which I usually don't, but some people are really, you know, they're worried that perhaps I didn't get the email or whatever. And they said, hey, how are you doing? Just checking in. I will use up my time during my email and social media hour a day just to answer, no worries, handling it on this and that day. So just give them some quick, a quick yeah. update. So that way they're not yeah. left to quote hanging, which is really, you're, you, all you're doing is mitigating it because it's, it's their problem, not yours. <laughs> well, do you know they, what I mean? Like, I, yeah, but, but people, people, this is how. Like, did have you ever seen people on a subway when a phone goes ping and like twenty people start searching for their iPhones? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's awful. Yeah. How can you enjoy your life when you're constantly allowing yourself to get interrupted? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, people are so it it. it it floors me, um, and I guess I mean I want to talk a little bit about tools in, in a bit here, but it floors me that people are 
fine with being interrupted. And you talked about Pavlov's dog before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very it's very easy to have your agenda, you know, kind of compromised or you know controlled or or comp- I guess like you know put pushed aside rather because somebody else, you know, email will tell you what to do. It, it, we see, I see it all the time. I'm sure you do too, where it's like, you know, people get, they don't know what to do next because they don't have it, like you said, but they haven't tracked it or and they haven't, you know, they haven't measured it. So they say, well, email will tell me or social media will tell me. And so like, I guess, how do you, how do you tell people that r- struggle with this? Because you, you've seen it. So how do you, how do you help people that struggle with this? Because it is, um, it, it's a problem because you can't get any real great work done if you're constantly being being interrupted or going after the whims of what somebody else wants you to do over what you really want to be doing. Well, this is this is exactly it's the my the very first commander I had in the army told me once that if you ever want to do something extraordinary, you have to push the ordinary out of your schedule because it will take up as much time as you will allow it to. Um, and this goes back right to that. So the very first thing I do when, when I'm with a client or even when a friend asks me, well, I need to get this done and I just don't find the time for it. We do day, a daily planning process. Uh, it's a seven step process, uh, that I developed that works for me, obviously. And it helped a lot of my, uh, coaching clients, mentoring clients and students in general. And what we do, we start by outlining all the tasks, like brain dumping, everything that you want to get done tomorrow or today, if you're doing it in the morning, that's fine too. Like everything, pick up the kids after practice, make dinner, go to the grocery store and obviously project tasks and working tasks and answer email and check stuff, everything, like just brain dump everything. Even if you don't think you'll have time for it, just write it down, take it out of your head. Mm-hmm. And once you have it outlined in front of you, A, you can look at everything at all at once instead of constantly trying to remember all the things that you're trying not to forget and B, your brain kind of has a relief ah finally i don't need to work so hard to keep up with everything it's just written down so you'll get to it eventually so this is the first thing we do the second thing we do and i think you do this too maybe maybe you call it in a different way but i divide all tasks into four groups. Yeah, go ahead because I do the same. <laughs> That's what I, I teach people. I, I, as well. I remember. I remember that I I heard you talk about it somewhere. The daily map. Or, or yep, the daily map. Yeah. So what? So what I do is I suggest them to divide their tasks into four groups. So we have boulders, we have pebbles, we have sand and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going back to the old story about you know the the jar of life. Yep. So the boulders are the stuff that are either urgent or important or both. So this may be picking up your kids after uh, practice because you won't leave your kids hanging out Mm -hmm. alone, obviously. So this is a boulder. Boulder is something that has to be done and will be prioritized first. Or it can be something that you define as important, even if it's not urgent. For example, if you're trying to learn Spanish and you decided that every day, one hour a day, you're going to sit and study Spanish. You can define this as a boulder and bump it up in your priorities of your day. Um, Next come pebbles, which are all the things that it's great if you do them today. But seriously, if something happens, like if something bad happens and you can't, the sky won't fall on your head. Mm-hmm. 
Like it, it's like when you're, I often give an example of a student that has an exam next week and it will be really awesome if they start learning like today because then they'll have all this time and they'll be able to practice everything. But seriously, if their grandmother is in a hospital, you know, they can postpone it for tomorrow or even, you know, a couple of days before the exam itself. Right. So this is a Pebble task. A sand task is some is a task that is either shorter than 20 minutes, so it won't take a lot of time to do it, or you can do it in parallel with something. So you can perhaps make a call while you're commuting or while you're walking your dog or while you're doing the dishes, something that you can squeeze other things with. And yeah, it's not gonna, Yeah, that's not going to necessarily... I mean, it's interesting because people... Multitasking, you can't necessarily... I mean, we know it's you can't do multitasking in its purest sense. But, I mean, yeah, there's... I mean, I listen to podcasts while I wash the dishes all the time, right? So, I mean, Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's a great way to use up this time because you need to do the dishes, so why not combine it? Yep. And the water tasks are the tasks that are kind of similar to sand because they're also small and you can do them in parallel. But the thing is, sand tasks have a certain deadline, even if it's, if it's a far deadline. Water tasks don't have a deadline. For example, listening to a podcast episode, if mm -hmm. it's just you know a podcast that you enjoy, it doesn't have a deadline. No, but dishes, you know? but dishes do. But dishes do. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the funny thing is, if you ignore sand tasks long enough, they'll grow into pebble. Mm -hmm. And if you ignore the pebbles, they'll grow into boulders. But guess what? If you ignore water, they're just going to evaporate. Nothing's right. going to happen. Right. So this is the first thing that we do. And actually, I developed a, a cool little tool. It's, you know, it's, it's a table that you just enter all your tasks and it, uh, you enter the task and you answer four questions, yes or no questions, and it just blurbs out every single task that you entered if it's a boulder, a pebble, a uh, sand, or a water. So you don't need to hassle about it. That's fascinating. Because, uh, I mean, that's what a lot of people struggle with, right? They struggle with, well, what is this, right? I mean, I come across this all the time. Like, what mode should I use or what thing? And the problem is, is that for a lot of these things, it's subjective, right? So you have to ask questions of yourself. Like, you know, for yours, it would, I mean, I, the, I think you're, I mean, the tool that, that you, you talk about, the, those those questions, they need to be, they will define it and I think that that's what a lot of people need to do. Productivity is largely built around awareness and under understanding of oneself, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. So, I mean, if you can get that down, then you're you're way ahead of what most people... Because most people don't stop to... to to kind of get that awareness, like uh, I was, I was at a, a uh, an event last night, and um, it was called it was a, a 99U local event. 99U is a blog that you know a lot of people, artists, creative artists, have gone to. I'm sure you've been to it too, Julie. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and one of the one of the quotes was, um, "Silence is not an uh, silence is not an absence, but a presence." And and I thought that's really important because a lot of people, what they do is, is that if they get silence, they, they need to fill it with something that it may already be something that they need to do. So if they, it's like boredom doesn't exist anymore. If you're bored, then, then you must fill it with something. But sometimes it's okay to be bored. Definitely it's okay to have quiet moments because that's when you can have those moments of insight. That's when you can do these things like your brain goes, hey, remember this? Hey, it's like a little knock on the, you know, like, hey, remember this thing? <laughs> Don't forget this thing because if you, do, you know, so I think that those moments are really important because then you can answer those questions honestly as opposed to just trying to rush through it, right? You know, it, it, it reminds me of such a funny story. One of the questions that I ask is, 
um, you know, not not through this process, but when someone tells me, well, I need to do something and I don't think I'm going to be done by the deadline and I don't know if I should push other things and squeeze this in or I should give up on that because, you know, when you're in this situation, you really don't know. You're kind of in a deadlock. Um, right. And uh, I had actually a... Um, uh, not a college, a high school student. I was giving a speech to a group of high school students and one of them said, well, I have a problem right now. Can you fix it for me? Can you help me figure it out? Sure, no problem. And he's like, well, I have this paper and it's due on a Sunday. In Israel, Sundays are work days. Mm -hmm. And I was giving the speech on a Friday. And Saturday, uh, for those who are religious, is a day where you do no work, you don't study, you don't write, you don't you know, turn on electricity for people who really keep to the Jewish traditions. And the seminar was for uh, young uh, people who come from families that keep to the tradition. And he said, well, I usually study during uh, Sabbath, but, um, and I promise, like we're in the seminar and I promise that I will to respect everyone around me, but I really didn't get any of this work done and it's due on a Sunday. And I don't know what to do. Like, I don't want to offend anyone around me. But then again, I don't want the consequences of not having the paper ready. Right. And I was like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, if you don't submit this paper on a Sunday, what will be the consequences? And you know what he told me? Mm. I won't have, I won't graduate high school. Wow. In his mind, this paper equaled not graduating high school and uh, like we talked a bit and unraveled and it turned out that actually the teacher that teaches this class he he looks up to him and he really didn't want to disappoint him but truthfully if he called him and asked he probably could get a 24 to 48 hours extension for the paper right but we started at i won't graduate right and I think that it's most the, people... The stories, when, when we, the stories we tell ourselves. We tell, yes, yeah. exactly. And it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves. I had a client and I asked her and she said, well, I have to do this by the end of the week. And there was no way she could have done it with everything that she has said for herself. And I was like, well, what's going to happen if you don't? I will be fired. Seriously? <laughs> really? Really? If you postpone it to Monday instead of Friday? Really? Fired? Yeah, it's the thing, and and I think that we we scare ourselves into that because we feel that if it's important enough, then we'll find the time to do that. Right. Yeah. And it's I, I what you said about uh, the silence that it's not a lack of it's actually a presence. I just it's funny. I just just before we started this uh, talk, I saw a video. I shared it in my Facebook profile of older women talking about life and what they would tell themselves if they would live in our age right now with everything that we have and the most the biggest message that every single one of them said was i am a human being not a human doing mm -hmm. yeah. and this like the being we don't have the being anymore no. it's not okay to have the being you can't measure that and it's like well what's the benefit absolutely absolutely well, Julie, uh, we have to wrap up, but before we do, uh, can you tell people where they can find you? And I know you've got something special that you want to share with everybody. 
Yes, thank you, Mike. So everything that I do, the blog, the podcast, everything is over at imjulie.com. And uh, those four groups that I talked about and the questions that lead you to it, I prepared a little uh, chart, one-page chart that will allow you to divide all your to-dos into that in 30 seconds or less. I'm giving it away to your listeners completely free and it can be found over at imjulie.com forward slash productivityist. I hope you'll enjoy it, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Julie, so much for joining me. This And, and please come back on again because, I mean, we, we barely, I think we got to really into a good place and scratch the surface, but I really want to do another deep dive with you at some point down the line. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. And absolutely, once I'm back drinking coffee, we need to meet in perhaps Winnipeg and have a cup of coffee. Yeah, well, I've never been there either. So there we go. There we can go. both meet, meet in Winnipeg and do some kind of productivity thing there. That gives me reason to travel there as well. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Let's do that. Thank you, Mike. And there you go. That was our discussion, but not the entire discussion. Remember I told you you'd be able to learn more from Julie if you wanted to? Well, you can if you become a member of our Patreon community. If you support the Productivities Podcast for as little as a dollar a month, you will get additional content, not just on the weekly episodes, because every Patreon podcast has additional content that you don't get as a public uh, listener. The public podcast doesn't get that, but you also get four bonus episodes every single week. That started back in uh, October of, uh, actually it started, you know, early November of, uh, of 2015 and this year as I'm recording this. And uh, it's been warmly received. You can become a member of the Slack community. There are lots of perks available. So just go to patreon.com slash even if you're interested, check it out. If you're not interested and you can support me in any way, shape, or form, just spread the word about the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'd really like to have more people listen to it. It's how they find the show, by word of mouth, by folks like yourselves. Again, go to imjulie.com to learn more about Julie Sharon Osher as well, all about her work. Head over to productivityist.com to learn more about me and my work and reach out to me. If you want to email me, contact me at askmike at productivityist.com so I can learn more about you and your work and how I can help you out. Uh, Thanks again for listening this week. Until we speak again, stop guessing, start going, and keep moving things forward. We'll see you next time.